candies come in Easter baskets. They do? Yes. Uh, what comes can't. in your Easter basket? Cole. <laughs> oh, wrong holiday. <laughs> And now, coming to you from the K2 Studios in San Diego, California, it's the world-famous Chris and Christine Show. Hey, what's happening, everybody? How you guys doing today? I am Chris. And I'm Christine, and welcome to the 33rd episode of the Chris and Christine Show. Do-do-do-do! All right, yes! 33rd. You know, Christine, 33 is one of my favorite numbers. You say that every week. No, but this time I really mean it. Why? Because the three and the three, they're like cool because they're like the three and the three, you know? It's like... (laughs) You're such a nut. (laughs) No, I'm being serious. I've never heard you say that 33 is one of your favorite numbers. I've never even seen you bet on 33. Uh, Really? I thought I have. No. Well, I'm the one that's always in the 30s when we're at the roulette table. Yeah, because I'm always betting in the middle of the pack, like everything in the middle block. If you don't know roulette, they have three big like block sections, the first, middle, and the end. And I always block, I always bet in like the middle section. Right. You always bet in the 20s. The 20 is like it's like 17, 20, 21, 18, 24, all those numbers. But are never wh- 33. Yeah, well, sometimes I do. <laughs> but I do like 33, and this is a 33rd episode of the Chris and Christine Show. And it's definitely going to be a fun one. We have later in the show a guest that we're going to introduce to you. But before we get into that, Chris, I'd love to know what has been happening in your week. In my week, oh my goodness, it's been raining here in San Diego. I hate this weather. I always complain. I hate the rain. Oh my goodness, it's been pouring like crazy. And I've been working. It's been crazy. I'm not on quarantine, you lucky son of the son of a ducks out there that get a, <laughs> that get to be on quarantine all day. Son of a duck. <laughs> I have to be out here working in this rain and driving around in this horrible weather. I'm soaked to the bone. And when you say working in the rain, like I don't think that people know what working in the rain actually means. Like other people say, I have to go to work in the rain, which means like they go in their car and then they go to an office and then they have to like walk out of their office and they're in a little bit of rain on their way to their car, but you are literally in the rain. Correct. I, if you don't know already, I deliver gasoline for a gasoline company to all the gas stations. Yep. You're a hot truck driver. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Emphasize hot. (laughs) Yes. So when you do go to the gas stations to deliver the, they're out, the tanks are underground and they're all exposed to all the weather elements, including rain. And it's been pouring like crazy out here, and we have to deliver rain or shine. We have to get out there, and you're out there working uncovered in the rain. They give us this rain slicker, like a rain uh, garment. Or- it's like an orange Caltrans jacket. Yeah, yes. I've got a couple of them, actually. This one I'm wearing is the original one I got when I got hired with the company like 10 years ago. So it's so super old, super worn. And because it's so old, it doesn't quite repel the water like it used to. <laughs> it's more like it soaks it up like a sponge. <laughs> so I got like, I'm like yesterday when I was wearing it, I was so heavy. It was so heavy to wear it because it was full of water still. Now I have to ask you, when you go and you... Because you have these big long tubes, kind of like hoses yeah. that you plug in, and then the gas has to start flowing. Once it's flowing, do you have to stand out and 
monitor it no matter what. So yes. if it's pouring, pouring rain, yes. you have to stand right there until it's done. Yes, I do. Uh, it, it's for emergency purposes in case there's an accident or in case something happens, a hose ruptures or some idiot drives over the hose or the, the fills or something. I have to be there to shut everything off immediately. It cannot be away from, like, basically within 10 feet like of that area. So you can't, like have it get going and then hop back in the cu- the cab of the truck and be like deuces people i'm just gonna stay warm in here you just have to stay out there drenched no you'd get fired probably that's so. crazy yeah so christine what has been going on with you living the q life uh living the q life well this week was busy with work projects have some really big projects that we've been working on um it's been kind of rapid pace um because i had been a bit under the weather last week This week when I transitioned back, I was working half days until I could get all of my strength back. And uh, in my downtime, in the evenings when, um, because I had schoolwork to do and I got a little bit caught up on it and there's a couple projects that aren't quite due yet, uh, I got sucked into the world of TikTok. What is this TikTok you're talking about? I lost track of time. Let me tell you, it is like an endless stream of 15 to 30 to 60 second videos. And so it's so quick paced that next thing you know, you've been watching who knows how many videos over the course of two hours. And there's these different challenges that people do. And so I decided on Friday to start creating my own. No way. What's it called? What do you mean? What's it called? What's your channel called? TikTok? Oh, it's not a channel. It's not like YouTube. Oh, it's not? No, it's KFierce81 is who I am on TikTok. Okay. KFierce81. Shout out. Yep, shout out. (laughs) And um, I did a couple of the singing challenges, which is basically like like lip syncing. That's not really singing, though. It's called a singing challenge because you have to like practice to be able to do the words exactly on key you know do they have people on there that totally like flub them and and they're like totally off sync like majorly off sync with the thing yeah and it's hilarious but there's some really really funny ones but there's all kinds of really cool content on there and i didn't realize just how cool tiktok was um i mean there's definitely you have to be careful and you have to monitor what? because you don't want to get into like dark stuff. There's because, dark stuff on there? I don't know. There's like weirdos and things like that, I'm sure. And there's some really random is it, kind of people. Is it regulated at all? Like is, is it owned by anybody like Facebook or by uh, Twitter or anything like that? Well, I've heard that Facebook had some kind of stake in it, but it's actually supposedly a company out of China. Oh, okay. Yeah. They um, actually are one of their headquarters offices for tiktok is in los angeles but when you go to the web page because i was doing a little bit of research it's like all in chinese it's crazy oh really yeah but there's so many cool things so here's what got me hooked on it so people were posting tiktok videos to facebook and i was looking at them and they looked really fun like the dances and so i hopped over and i was looking at the some of the videos and one came up for a really super easy cookie recipe last Sunday when Jacob and on I... On TikTok? Yeah. A cookie recipe? Yeah. It was so random. It was like a 30-second video of this chick uh, putting together a dozen cookies, and it was four ingredients. And Jacob and I were making dinner because you were working, and I, I he's been wanting to be in the kitchen more, and I've been trying to spend time with him doing that. 
And so that got me hooked in. I was like, well, what else is on here? And then I was like watching these dance videos. <laughs> I got you hooked in there. Huh? Yeah. And then I was watching these like prank challenges. and Prank challenges? <laughs> yeah. The, uh, everybody, I, I got Chris pretty good yesterday before he went to work with one of the prank challenges oh, from TikTok. Oh, the video thing you're trying to do. I thought you meant like pranks people do on each other, like the water on the door or something no, like that. No, no, no. There's like sound um it's like somebody will record a sound or like a song or something like that and you record your content over it and so uh, for everybody out there what i did was it was literally right before chris was walking out the door for work i was sitting at the dining room table and i was looking at my phone and the a ringtone comes on as if somebody's calling me and then it's a supposedly a doctor's office calling to report on some medical results <laughs> that were pretty, pretty interesting. And Chris was like, what the heck? And I know. I, I, he, what he didn't realize is I was videoing the whole thing of him behind me <laughs> and you can all you can see is like you can read his lips and i'm dying laughing and i well, posted like, what it. is this thing she's doing what is this she's doing i know i posted it and it is i just checked it a few minutes ago and it has like over 1700 views what which in tiktok world is nothing oh it's not i thought yeah. you're like wow that's a lot uh but didn't you say there were some that had like two or five views yeah yeah there's some that have like none and then there's others that have like 17 million oh wow crazy yeah. so other than that hey by the way everybody uh tomorrow happens to be easter easter sunday today's saturday so happy easter to you and i hope you've been good for the easter bunny to leave you some special treats mm. and being that it is easter weekend christine and i well mostly christine has some easter memories that we're going to share with you after a little later on the show. But before we get to that, we have a very special VIP guest who happens to be one of our top listeners of the Chris and Christine show. And we are going to have him on the air right after this. Hey there, K2 crew. We love having you as our loyal listeners. To keep up to date with what's happening behind the scenes, check us out on social media. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget to follow our Facebook page. Yeah, tag us in your favorite fun stories. And guess what? You might just end up on the show. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we have a very special guest on the show. He is a top fan of the Chris and Christine show and a pretty fascinating individual. He's coming to us today from Hotlanta. Thank you for joining us. The one, the only, Aston Godwin. Welcome to the show, Aston. Thank you very much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm fanboying right now. <laughs> wow. Crazy. That's awesome. Thanks for being here, Aston. We really appreciate this. You're most welcome. So, hey, Aston, has uh, been a top fan of our show, like you said, uh, one of our awesome listeners. Thank you for much. Thank you so much, by the way, for that listening. But um, what made you a great fan of our podcast? Um, I'm impressed by the reach that your podcast has. Um, I have a lot of contact with Christine outside of podcast land. Um, so hearing about uh, your journey has been really excited, exciting for me. And just learning about you taking a step to do something creative like a podcast. Um, and then hearing from all the guests that you've had on, too. So that's been really exciting for me. Wow, thank you so much. So, uh, Aston, we were wondering, uh, what kind of work do you do for a living? Um, I have primarily been in the youth development field, working with 
kids with cancer and providing programs with the, for them. Um, currently, I'm working with a camping association to provide remote programming for campers during this time. Remote programming for campers, like, can you tell us more about what that entails? Because when I think of camp, I think of kids like going away. And I think sleeping. of camping, like Camp Snoopy or something. Exactly. Oh, so really? most people do think about those like Camp Snoopy type things where you uh, are in a cabin with kids your same age and some cabin counselors. Well, right now we're in some uncertain times and some of the traditional things that we've been used to we don't have access to those things anymore. So a lot of the tools that we have right now are computer screens, cell phones, even mailboxes. So looking for ways for people to connect like we do at camp through those those items we have with us right now. That's really interesting. What types of things have you been developing for your campers? So one of the things that we've tried to to implement is a campfire concert series. A lot of camps have camp musicians and it's a quintessential part of youth camp to have a campfire with s'mores and music. Uh, and we've tried to implement that through Zoom. So having volunteers and families and other camp people join together and still make that connection, but in a virtual way. So do you guys use like the virtual like just digital fireplace on the computer screen to like roast your marshmallows on too? That's a great question. I actually pulled <laughs> up like a one hour YouTube video of a campfire with the crackling noises. So oh, wow. people could get the, the real experience as real as it can get. Right. So right. Do, do they make virtual s'mores or do they like have their own blowing? I'm very intrigued by this. And I think it's something that we need to do in like a staff meeting. How do you, handle the s'mores aspect or is it just the campfire just the campfire um one of the things we're looking to do next time is maybe sending uh, a s'mores kit to families so including marshmallows chocolate graham crackers so they can make those at home during the experience I love that so much. I don't know if you know this about Chris and I, but one of the things that we have fun doing with the boys during the winter time is we use our indoor fireplace to make s'mores. Uh, we actually get like the sticks and we roast them inside. And so um, that's kind of a fun idea. I know other people have done it over like the, the gas cook cooktops, not saying that that's the safest thing for kids to right, do by themselves. Right, but right, there's right. lots of ways to make s'mores inside with your virtual fire campfire going on too that's fun that's awesome that's awesome so hey aston you are in a doctoral program what is that experience like for you um well if you would have asked me two months ago it would have been a completely different answer but <laughs> going through a pandemic in a doctoral program is really interesting because not only are we dealing with uh the normal things that come our way in life so with our family, our friends, uh, dealing with that lack of connectivity right now, but we're also trying to write a dissertation and uh, balance our schoolwork. So it's really interesting and challenging at times, um, but it's been a really good learning experience. And I feel like getting through this prepares me for a lot of success in the future. Um, and I've got to meet great people like Christine through the program. Aww. So that's just an added Aww. bonus. Yeah, it is. Now, the um, 
the doctoral program it's most is it most of it online anyway so this is no big no nothing new for you right the online capacity not not a stretch um this is actually my fifth year of online learning so pretty old pro at it now but uh oh yeah i would figure seeing people it's a nice way to stay connected with the people as well um, so, but even more so in person when we get to those chances as well. How often do you guys go actually meet in person aside from the pandemic, but like with normal times? It's really weird. I've only seen Christine in person twice. Really? In over two years. Wow. Were you impressed when you saw her? <laughs> of course. <laughs> so um, Christine's been talking about this thing called dissertation. So what's so, it, what's your focus uh, on oh yours? Man. Great question. That is the like one million dollar question right now. Um, I've had to pivot on my dissertation topic because of the pandemic. Um, I was originally trying to focus on summer camps, and right now it's looking like summer camps might not happen in the way that they're currently planned to happen. Oh yeah. Right. Refocusing on a lack of comprehensive data analysis within the organization. That's a really fancy way of saying that I'm going to analyze a bunch of data that a camp has laying around. Oh, really? So it keeps you busy, but you're not really kind of doing what you really wanted to do. It wouldn't be my first choice, but it is a needed thing for the organization. Um, and that's really helpful. And ultimately, that's what I want to be. I want to be an asset to the organization. Oh, that's awesome. So um, moving on from the dissertation, because we know that that's consumed all of your life lately, especially when you are sheltering in place. But we have some questions about other interests that you have. And we know that you're from the Atlanta-ish area, correct? That is correct. So one of the things that I remember from one of those face-to-face meetings that we've had is that you love visiting national parks and that it's like one of your hobbies. Is that correct? 100%. So what is your fascination with visiting the national parks? Like, where did it come from? Really short story. I have always enjoyed visiting national parks, but about three, four, oh gosh, five years ago, I took a nature, youth and nature course at Clemson University. And it spoke to me about the benefits of nature connecting with uh, family and having that time spent in nature had like significant health benefits. Uh, It helped provide clarity in your brain. I was like, I could really use a lot more of that. (laughs) So let's find a way to get out in nature and not to be too doom and gloom, but I know some of our national parks are kind of fading. Um, Fading. They're not going to be around forever. Um, so taking that opportunity to experience what the best I feel like this country has to offer as far as a vacation goes or a visit or experience. But aren't all those national parks protected so they can't really like nothing can be bad can happen to we say fading. What do you mean exactly? Well, so as as many people visit our national parks, which is great. Each day they kind of erode a little bit. So when you touch a rock that you're not supposed to touch or you forget to pick up that bottle, it, it has an impact on those national parks. So over time, 
that's really going to erode the experience that that you could have had that might have happened 20 years ago. It's going to be different the following year because of those experiences. And weather also has an impact, too. So getting getting to have the full experience as you can right now. I remember when Chris and I went last year, almost a year ago at this time, to Zion National Park. There were all kinds of signs around exactly what you're saying, like um, make sure to pick up your trash, that it um, preserves the quality of the national park. But like you said, weather was a real big factor. We tried to go on a couple of different trails that because of excess rain, there were landslides and it closed down different access points. So we weren't able to actually see the full spectrum of what the national park had to offer. So I think we've had some, some real experience of seeing that um, when we last visited a national park. Yeah. Hey, and asked, speaking of uh, national parks, with your curiosity of all that, were you ever in the Boy Scouts or Cub Scouts or whatever? I was. There you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Truth yeah, comes out. I definitely was. <laughs> Did you all go on a lot of hikes in the Boy Scouts? Like, would you say that maybe that's part of where your love for nature might have started? I think you can make a really strong argument for that. Um, I loved camping. I loved hikes. I think really what I enjoyed was creating those memories and there's some nostalgia to and sentimentality to going to those parks and connecting with nature again too. Hey, uh, Aston. So, um, I got a kind of side note with that question here is, um, can you make a fire with just like a piece of twig or twig and a branch or whatever? So I have a lot of practice because I am a camp director too. Oh yeah. I can get a fire started with a bag of Doritos. What? What? Yeah. Okay, tell us more. So Doritos are covered in grease. They are? Makes them super tasty. (laughs) Okay. And it's just a great way to start a fire. And kids love it because you bust out a bag of Doritos and they're like, what is this guy going to do? And then you light it up. Well, how do you start it though? What what do you start it with? Oh, so you do have to have like a flint or something to start the Doritos with. But I have tried many a times to start with a crossbow and stick and have failed completely at every attempt. Make it look so easy. um, Survivor definitely makes it look easier (laughs) than it is. So I would would practice if you ever consider trying Survivor or some rustic style of campfire before you go in front of people. Well, I can't even start a fire with like the fire starters and the matches (laughs) and logs in a fireplace. So the fact that you can do anything with a match or a flint and Doritos, you have mad props and mad respect from me. Wow. that's Do you carry flint with you everywhere you go? Or Doritos. Or Doritos too? (laughs) Both. Um, If I know I'm going to be like starting a fire... In front of kids, especially, I do carry like a small thing of Doritos. Um, but outside of that, no. I love that so much. You just better watch out. We're going to randomly send Doritos deliveries to your doorstep. <laughs> there you go. There you now, go. question, is it like regular Doritos, Cool Ranch, or like the nacho cheese? Which one's the best for fires? Um, any of them. Don't try the bake, though. Too healthy, not enough grease. Oh, really? What about like Lay's? Isn't like Lay's covered in grease? Like the original Lay's? Lay's will work too. Yeah. All right. 
taking a snack, making it into a fire, kids eat it up. Wow. Not there you literally. go. There you go. Speaking of food, now you live in the Atlanta area, and I'm sure there's a lot of like fantastic restaurants in that area. And I heard a little birdie told me, aka Christine, told me that you love like food and restaurants. You're kind of a foodie. Can you elaborate more on that? I like to think that I am Anthony Bourdain. Whoa. <laughs> um, but more on a budget. Okay. Oh, I like that. Not, so, so more like you're more like uh, what's a guy? The guy with the crazy white tips hair. What's his name? Uh, guy Fieri. Guy Fieri. You're yeah. more Guy Fieri style. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not the upscale diner. I appreciate that, but that's not really in my budget. Uh, so I, I lean towards the the dives. Perfect. I love the dives too myself. Now, I have a question, Aston. I went to Tennessee a number of years ago for a work event and they I went to these dive places and they they had these things called meet and threes. Is that something that you have in Atlanta too? I think that might be a regional thing throughout oh, okay. the southeast. Oh, okay. Uh, and that's your typical like southern dinner setting too. You had to have like some kind of meat and three sides. So uh, mashed potatoes, coleslaw, baked beans, whatever that is. But meat and three, that's standard issue southern dining experience. So are you physically on the uh, – is your state or city doing the mandatory lockdown? Like we can't – not allowed to go outside, that kind of stuff. Restaurants are closed, things like that, right? We were a little late to the game, but we are in a shelter-in-place order right now. Now, restaurant-wise, are they all closed? Are they doing pickup, or how's that working? I would say that most are doing some type of carry-out, pickup, curbside delivery service, uh, but there are some that, that are definitely closed. Yeah, so we have that kind of a situation here, but all of our restaurants are curbside or delivery only. And I was telling Chris, like, I just really miss going out to eat. It doesn't even need to be anything fancy, but I've been craving this little Mexican restaurant that we have downtown. And so Chris wanted to find out a little bit more about the types of things that you love in terms of Atlanta area food. Like what's your go-to for like, if you're hungry, you want to do a curbside, what do you pick up? Right now, barbecue for sure. Barbecue, huh? Staple barbecue, like any type of cut meat. Um, that's my go-to. Is it like, uh, uh, like ribs or you more into like tri-tip? What do you, what do you like really kind of go for everything? Like a mixture about all? I, if I'm trying somewhere for the first time, again, trying to go Anthony Bourdain style, right. I order as many different meats and sides as possible. My friends think I'm crazy. At the same time? Like all in one dish? Um, for everyone to share. Oh, okay. So I want to put that out there. Like, okay. <laughs> I, it, it's, uh, um, but I think it's important to kind of get a lay of the land. You know, you want to judge people by more than one meat. But if I go to a restaurant, I normally ask, what their like signature barbecue meat would be. So, and that's what I'll go for with. Yeah, I kind of I like barbecue too. There's this place out here in San Diego called Phil's Barbecue. They're kind of like a staple out here. They're like really big. They're probably like the biggest barbecue place in town. Um, there's like five locations. I usually get my favorite thing I always get there is this tri tip barbecue sa- uh, like sandwich or whatever. It's like tri tip uh, sliced uh, meat with this awesome sauce. Sauce is amazing. 
but you don't have tri-tip in Atlanta, do you? Or do you even know what that is? What? Aston? I honestly don't know what that is. Okay. What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I found this out. See, I found this out from my sister who really? lives in the Midwest, is that it's just a California thing. Shut up. No way. Yes, tri-tip. It's a, it's a beef cut, and it's kind of like the size of a roast, but it's a different cut of the beef of the cow. And in California, you can get it just as a roast or you can have it seasoned. And so when we say barbecue, like for us, stereotypical West Coast barbecue is like sliced tri-tip with a really yummy barbecue sauce. But what are the kinds of meat cuts that are your favorite in that area of the country? First, thank you for teaching me something new today. (laughs) You're welcome. Second, uh, my favorite in the South, like pulled pork is big. (sighs) Yes. Yes. Um, Yes. So low and slow. And uh, a good brisket is really nice, too. Um, We have a local restaurant that does a a brisket Philly cheesesteak, which is amazing. Oh, that sounds but good. A heart attack in a bun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I'll, take the, I'll take the risk. I'll take. The risk. <laughs> yeah. Some risks are just necessary. Yeah. Well, that sounds awesome. You're really like our mouths are watering right now because in California right now it's like lunchtime as we're doing this interview, and so now I'm thinking we need to go get some barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Now, uh, do you? Do like do you make barbecue stuff? I don't even know how to say this right. Do you barbecue or grill at home, or do you only prefer to go to other places where they do the work for you? I would prefer to go to places, but I do engr- enjoy being a grill master for sure. I wouldn't consider myself uh, a barbecuer, like a smoker, um, but I do. Uh, over the last four weeks, I've perfected the grill mark on really? parts of meat. Which is, I'm impressed with myself right now, if I'm being honest. Now, uh, we barbecue, are, this is the most important question of all time. Are you a charcoal or a gas grill? I am a charcoal person. Whoa. I still use like a Weber grill. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive because most people just fire up the old, start the gas and turn the propane on and let it rip. You know? I think the time is a little like therapeutic. You know, you wait for the coals to get hot and... It's a good practice and patience for me to well, see things like speeding up around me. So that's important. too. I think that's why Chris goes for the gas grill because patience and Chris are like polar opposites. Exactly. So. <laughs> I got time for that. I got time for that. <laughs> Definitely more convenient. All right, Aston. So as you are one of our top fans, you know, from our conversations, I've probably shared this before. My son Ezekiel is a mad fan of all kinds of sports. And so I need to pick your brain about the sports scene in Atlanta. Are you good for this? I'll do my best. (laughs) So first of all, are you a sports fan at all? Huge sports fan. Ooh, do you have a specific kind of sport and team that you follow the most? I support all of the Atlanta sports teams, Hawks, Falcons, Braves, uh, Atlanta United, and... I'm also a big Auburn Tigers fan. Ooh, now what's Atlanta United? Is that soccer? That that is our MLS team. Very successful. So if you had to pick one sport that you're most passionate about. In Atlanta. In Atlanta. What would it be? 
the NFL team, the Atlanta Falcons. Of course, of course. Now, is it true that the um, the Atlanta Falcons have built two stadiums in the past two years? Um, they have built stadiums very, very close together, right? Um, in time, but it's been a little bit further than two years. I mean, maybe, uh, ten, maybe ten years. I'm thinking it's ten, maybe yes, ten years. Ten years. Yeah. It's funny to think about that in the time span that Atlanta had built two stadiums. San Diego could not get their ass together to build just even one stadium. You guys have built two. You know, it's how? A shame. I, I know it's a shame. Very impressive, by the way. <laughs> you guys could do that. You know, you guys put your priorities straight. Yeah. Not only could San Diego not get a stadium, they couldn't even keep their team. So well, that's, why they, that's why they lost their team because they couldn't get a stadium done. That's why that's the only reason why they lost the team because they couldn't build a stadium here in San Diego. You know, they put a vote to it and nobody wanted to, uh, nobody cared. You know, people are like, I'm going to the beach today, whatever. You know, like, say, I don't know if it is like this everywhere, but it seems like San Diego, uh, the sports, it just seems like it's very much like an afterthought. I mean, people love sports here, but it's kind of like, well, I got better things to do. I'm going to go to the beach or I'm going to go to the trail hiking or whatever. So would you say that the culture around sports might be a little bit different in Atlanta? Is it pretty much a sports-focused area of the country? I think that people in the Southeast definitely take their sports a little differently than the rest of the country. I know you can argue about like different areas of the country as far as their fandom goes, and there's definitely stronger pockets or strong pockets across the country, but... And as a whole, I think the Southeast like takes sports like it's a member of their family. Hey, so Aston, speaking of the uh, Atlantic Falcons, uh, Atlantic Falcons, do um, you said you've attended a, a few games? You said you've been to. What's your favorite part of going to the games? The a little preface. It has been very tough to be an Atlanta Falcons fan over the years. So I've been to very empty stadiums to very packed stadiums depending on the success of the team when they're very successful the electricity in the stadium is amazing it's it's awesome to see you know 60,000 people all rooting for the same cause right and just talent on a field is amazing um when it's empty it's still just nice because you are getting to watch something in person and share an experience with your friends and family. How many games have you been to? Ooh, that is a great question. Probably over a hundred games. What? Yeah. Wow. Well, wow. again, the Falcons went through a time where they were not very successful. So tickets were super cheap. Oh, free. really? That made it a lot easier to go to games. No way. And you never bought season tickets? No. That was a little out of my price range. I had season tickets to the Chargers, and um, we tried to go every uh, every game they were in town, and it was crazy madness. But think about San Diego. I don't know if the same thing happened there. Because San Diego is such a transplant city, there's so many people that move here from all over the country. Um, you would see a lot of the opposite team's fans in the stadium, more than the actual Chargers. We have that same uh, scenario, situation, almost a problem. Maybe it is a problem in Atlanta right. where if the Cowboys are in town, oh yeah, there are over half the stadium is Cowboys fans. Really? Uh, yeah, same, same kind of problem. Uh, 
and Atlanta is a transplant city too, so we have right. fans from all over the world. Okay, cool, man. So we're getting ready to come to a close here, Aston, and we have a final question for you. And as you know, as many of our listeners know, part of our story of the Chris and Christine show is that we met through an online dating site. So we have a question that we've started to ask the guests of our show, and it's, what do you think of online dating? Uh, let me try to shape that in one word. <laughs> For my experience, uh, failure. Oh, no. What? Uh, okay, now we need to know more. A positive outlook. Is that like I have a positive outlook about online dating? Maybe this is the time. It is. Everyone it is. stuck in their homes. It to, is. To reconnect. Yeah, it's probably there's probably a big surge. You wouldn't think about it because you meet somebody online, say on on a dating app right now, and then then what? Because you can't really meet in person, you know. Yep. So yeah, n- now it's like, are people going to be open to being pen pals, or is that a question to ask up front? I am open to any and all advice. Ooh, well, I was wondering if like you've had experience of you know, people wanting to FaceTime and meet in person or if they go from like only wanting to um, connect with you and then meet in person right away. Because I know like for Chris and I, we corresponded for like a week and a half or two weeks and then we had our first face-to-face meeting. But like, would you be open to meeting someone online and your first date being like FaceTime or Zoom? Yeah. Uh, I think you'd almost have to right now. Um in the past, I've gone through the the spectrum of connecting after matching with someone. So meeting up very shortly after connecting to like a f- maybe two or three weeks later connecting and getting to know somebody. Um, now, I think you got to deal with the tools you got. So if you got a computer screen and that's how you can meet, why not? Yeah, taking it back to the old school days, we would actually write a letter to somebody, you know, but email or something or text or whatever. You know mm-hmm. what I mean, everything's so quick these days. Texting and like you can even do video messaging to each other, and uh, you even can like send pictures, of course, and all that stuff. So you can still stay very connected. You really can still get to know somebody pretty well without actually meeting them. Which brings the point that say the pandemic passes and say a few months down the road, and then you do meet the person in person, it's gonna feel kind of weird, you know, like kind of nervous like for the first time but really it's not you know yeah that is strange that's that's something i hadn't thought about but uh it would be weird to have like a strictly online it sounds like a real reality show let's be honest yeah i've seen catfish Uh, (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) this is not like your profile picture (laughs) yeah you're a dude how had that happen you know (laughs) (laughs) okay on this on this note i do have to say this so i've been slightly obsessed with tiktok have you ever logged into tiktok aston um yes okay definitely and maybe that's how i should start dating is through tiktok you can do that i don't know yeah well have you seen the catfish challenge on tiktok no way i have not okay so you gotta look up on tiktok the catfish challenge because it's like these girls that look totally normal and it's like a 15 second video to this little sound clip and they're like looking completely normal and then all of a sudden they like split screen or they go to like the next cut and they're like totally glamazon like instagram model types of gals and you're like but wait i just saw you looking (laughs) completely 
normal and maybe slightly unremarkable. And it just makes me think about that if you were to start dating someone virtually, quote unquote, virtually after meeting online, how they could, you know, craft the picture exactly well, how they that sounds pretty to good be. to me i mean you know <laughs> <laughs> just stay where you're at just stay exactly like that don't change you know <laughs> i definitely think that we're in a new era right now but uh we just want to thank you so much first of all for being a consistent fan of our show and supporter and second of all for joining us on the line today from atlanta and we wish you great luck with the rest of your dissertation journey and uh, as we always say, keep moving forward. Thank you all very much, and I'll keep listening. All right, thanks, Aston. Hey, guys, what's up? This is the J-Boy Show. I'm Ezekiel. And I'm Jacob. Now I'm Mason. And don't forget to listen to our new uh, podcast on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe. It's a lot of fun. Yes, it is. We and talk about sports, motors, engines, and all kinds of stuff. And YouTubers. And YouTubers. So don't forget to subscribe and listen in every Sunday. Alright, and keep moving forward. 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 Well, that was a very fun interview. It sure was. So, Christine, being that tomorrow is Easter, yes. what are your favorite fun Easter memories? Well, I don't know if it's fun as much as funny. Okay, what you got? So uh, when I was younger, I think that I was right around Mason's age, like right around seven. And I was a pretty good kid, but I, you know, would figure out how to get in trouble. But this one Easter, we were spending it with my aunt and uncle in the Los Angeles area. And my mom always had this rule that we could not have any of our Easter candy before we had breakfast on Easter morning. Wait, you guys got Easter candy? Like in an Easter basket. There's really? Easter ca- candies come in Easter baskets. They do? Yes. Uh, what comes kidding. in your Easter basket? Coal. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong holiday. <laughs> uh, that tells us what kind of kid you were. Well, anyways, on this one specific Easter, I um, I remember my mom was doing something around the house helping my aunt. And then I walked up to her and she looked at me and she said, Christine, have you been eating any of your Easter candy? <laughs> and I looked at her and I said, no. And she said, I'm going to ask you again. Have you been eating any of your Easter candy? And I was like, no, I haven't eaten any of it, mom. She's like, why are you lying to me? I'm going to give you one more chance to be honest. And I was like, no, I haven't eaten any Easter candy. And then she told me she wanted me to go to the bathroom and look in the mirror. (laughs) And I had been eating the Robin's eggs. They're the malted candies. They're like a hard chocolate candy shell. But in the inside, they're kind of like the Whoppers. Okay, okay. But it was blue. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is, when you eat those, the color from the the candy coating gets on your lips. No way. And so my lips were completely blue. (laughs) And so I totally incriminated myself. And I remember getting pretty busted. Oh, wow. For lying and eating candy. It was a double whammy. My my parents were very strict. So I definitely had some restrictions and I got some consequences that day. But to this day, uh, anytime I see the little Robin's eggs, they're in the little yellow cartons. Right. Uh, if any of the kids ends up getting those from the Easter Bunny in their basket, I always manage to steal a blue one and make it into my lipstick just Ew. for old memories. <laughs> wow, it sounds like fun. Do a TikTok video of you doing that. <laughs> I totally should. And post it or whatever. <laughs> my favorite, I believe, they do have, do they still do the Canberry, Cranberry 
uh, what's the one with the cream in the oh, middle? Oh, the Cadbury cream egg. Cadbury cream. That's what it's called. My goodness. I couldn't figure that out. Those but, are my favorite too. Yeah. They're like, uh, what's a creamy in there? Is it a caramel flavor? It's sugar. Oh, well, of course. This whole thing is sugar, really. Yeah. But um, I used to love the Easter Bunny, the chocolate ones that mm-hmm. were the um, hollow ones, not yeah. the solid ones. The hollow ones are kind of hard to find, aren't they? Yeah, but you know what? I think that the boys today, um, one of our other top listeners and very good friends of mine dropped off a box for the boys of goodies today. Social distancing, physical distancing. She left it on the curb, but they opened it up and there were some chocolate bunnies that I think were hollow inside of it. Perfect. I think the hollow ones, they say the solid ones, I think are... Are more valuable, maybe? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I like the hollow ones because I like biting into it and it's right. empty and it's right. just easier to eat versus right. like a big old hunk of chocolate. Especially you put the ones in the freezer. We used to put them in the refrigerator. <sighs> the, then you try to eat it the next day and it's like gnawing on a piece of bark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if it's the hollow ones, then when you bite into it after it's been in the fridge a little bit, then it just kind of like shatters in your mouth and then it's like, do they melts do they so have uh, variations on on chocolate bunnies? Do they have like the uh, I don't know, almonds or the uh, maybe like a caramel like a I've Snickers seen, one or I've something? I've seen cookies and cream. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I've seen a cookies and cream type of bunny where it's like white with like Oreos built into it, and then Reese's has uh, Reese's bunny, so it's like chocolate, but then it's pe- the peanut butter like from the Reese's peanut butter cups on the inside. Oh, is it the same size? Or like tiny little tiny one? No, they're like. A medium size, yeah, a decent sized bunny. It's like flat though. It doesn't stand up. And then oh. C's candy, those are my favorite Ooh. chocolate bunnies. And I was so sad. I just found this out yesterday on social media that C's shut down their chocolate operations for Easter because of COVID-19. And so like you had to pre-order like weeks ago to be able to get Easter candy. I, I never thought of C's candy when I think of Easter. I'm oh my like, gosh. Seriously? Really? I always thought of like the um, jelly beans, the chocolate bunnies you buy in the store or whatever. And that, you know, the, the cream eggs and the eggs. But and C's like is like the, and, and for those that don't live in the West Coast, C's is like our specialty chocolate shop that we all like to go to. I don't say all, but I love it. Well, don't but they are famous, famous for their Easter chocolate bunnies, and I, they're wrapped I, in gold, and they're cute because oh, wow. they have like they're goldish colored, and it looks a little bit like there's hair, like with the grain of the oh really the wrapper. And never they have had little, one, never oh had gosh, one. Gosh, they're so good. It's been a it was a tradition. Oh, by the way, if you are if anybody of you guys are out here on the West Coast and you go into a C store, they do give you free samples. Yeah, they do. Um, I believe it's just one free sample. I believe it is one I, free chocolate. I don't mm-hmm. think you can go in there and start like eating a whole case worth. And say, I'm good. And no, walk and out. they normally pick the one for you unless you're like me and you have a nut allergy, and then they'll ask you. Which no, I one think you can get any one you want, right? Like, Typically they. Hand you one. Oh, like they're just handing whatever random. Hey, remember how uh, Krispy Kreme donut you should do that? You ever no. been, you've never been to Krispy Kreme donut? I've been there, but what are you talking about? They handed out free chocolates to everybody. No free donuts. What? No. Yes. Why would they hand you out free donuts if the only thing they sell is donuts? Okay. That's like totally defeating the purpose. Well, you don't well, buy like you buy less. 
they used to have a f- bunch of Krispy Kreme donuts in San Diego, but they shut them all down. There's like one left open in Kearney Mesa. And when you walk in there, they have this whole on conveyor belt machine. The donuts are going around, going around for a ride, getting all glazed up and dunked in. And, and, and they have a guy just pulling them off the conveyor and a little tray. He puts them in boxes, of course, but he also, if people come in, he gives out the free sample of those donuts. A full size donut? Yes. But of the glazed one. Again. Fresh off the conveyor belt. By the way, that thing melts in your mouth. But why? To get you to buy them. Hello. But you you're eat- going to buy less if you eat one. Not not, the, not, not me. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I would go in there. Thank you for a free sample. Yeah, I'll take a box of those, box of that. Yes. And well, that's how it works for me when I go to Seize Candy. Because the normally, same, the same concept. Yeah. I ask them to give me like a really good one. But I actually have started to only get like one or two when I get there. One or two little candies. But... I am very sad that I'm not going to be able to get AC's chocolate bunny this year. It just is going to make it that much sweeter when it comes time for next year. Correct. And also, uh, this kind of reminds me of the time that uh, Hostess went out of business and the Twinkies disappeared. Remember that? Oh, yeah. But and then like, they everybody, came back, right? Yeah, you did. But when they went away, everybody was freaking out. Like, oh, no. Kind of like the toilet paper fiasco right now. Yeah, pretty much. And um, when they did come back, people jumped on them. But people were like, yeah, whatever. Um, so on that note, we are going to wrap things up by heading into a little shout out central. Yes. And we have two countries. One of them is brand new and the other one was just trending for us as a top listener this week. But our new country that we have on board for us this week is Ireland. What? Yes. And our other country that hit the leaderboards with top listenership this week is Switzerland. Switzerland. And by the way, Ireland had nothing to do with the fact that it was St. Patrick's Day last month. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it did. Who knows? And for our American cities, we got... Shout out. I thought you were going to say American countries. <laughs> well, the country of America, the cities in America, we have a shout out for Mountain View, California. Woohoo! Shout out. And another one is also in California. That is Mission Viejo. Ooh. Thank you for listening. And thirdly, we have Mariposa, California. Mariposa. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate your support every week and We hope that you have a wonderful and safe holiday weekend, whether you celebrate Easter or Passover or you're preparing to celebrate Ramadan. Our thoughts are with you. May you be happy and healthy and may you come back and listen to us next week. (laughs) That's right. We have more for you guys next week. We'll see you guys then. Remember this week that life is too short to wake up in the morning with regret. So love the people who treat you right. Forget about the ones who don't and believe that everything happens for a reason. If you get a chance, take it. If it changes your life, let it. Nobody said that it would be easy. They just promised it would be worth it. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Chris. And I'm Christine. And until next week, keep moving forward. <laughs>